podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers. This is the Friday forecast. The international messing is over and we're back to proper, proper football. With me tonight, I'm delighted to be joined by Arsenal fan and debutante on the show, Lee Gunner. I'm also uh, joined by regular now at this stage from um, All Leeds TV, Joe Wayman. And um, the much anticipated return of... Uh, Pete Selby um, from For Fuck's Sake podcast. What a name, by the way, I always say it. But the reason um, people want Pete back is A, he's good. And B, um, I destroyed Brendan Rodgers at the end of last season. And people are waiting to see me and Pete have a discussion about the man. Um, It will happen throughout this show as we go along. Just to let you know, before we start, we've put a tweet out there to let everybody know we're live. If you're on Twitter, hit the retweet button. If you're on YouTube, subscribe, like, share. You know how it goes. Um, Lads, what the way we're going to walk this tonight is we picked out four games from the weekend to go and talk about in detail and um, they are Newcastle Chelsea Spurs versus City Leeds versus Arsenal and of course Liverpool versus Leicester we will do them in that order and in between we look at the other six fixtures get some quick predictions and by the end of this the four of us are going to I suppose Joe will probably be the best at it because he's good where we're going to give three scorers any time for the weekend we'll see how we go. Uh, Red Steve says, Gav's back on the top left. I don't pay much attention to that, Steve, um, <laughs> but I could move it just to annoy you, but I won't. How does that sound? Um, I'm feeling in great form because I don't have to watch international football for another five months. Um, going to start with Newcastle v Chelsea. And Pete, I'm going to come to you first. You know, you look at Newcastle and it's always a bit hit and miss every week with them. Um, Steve Bruce doing an okay job, I suppose. And then you look at Chelsea, the mega money they've spent over the summer. Um the manager in place for me isn't going to do anything with them, but I could be wrong. Is it one of those where you think mm, Newcastle have a chance here, or do you think it's one that Chelsea just have to win if they're going to reach, you know, the, the aspirations that they have, I suppose, for the season? It's one that Chelsea needs to win if they're going to get anywhere near who eventually will be going for the title, whoever that might be, might well be is come May. But uh, I think if if this was maybe three or four games ago, I would be more confident about possibly an upset with Newcastle. I just think Newcastle have gone slightly off the boil. They're not quite as as potent as they were. The um, the signing of Wilson's been a, a signing that they've needed for a long time, kind of a, a figurehead up top that they know who can score goals. But I just feel Chelsea are coming into themselves now. They're starting to play 
the brand of football I think everyone thought that they would be with these players that they were signed. They knew there would be kind of a settling in period, trying to sort out the side, players coming back from injury. And I just think they're going to be too classy. And I think Newcastle, as much as St. James's Park is, is not the easiest place to go and play football, there's no crowd there. It's going to be nice and easy, I think, for Chelsea. And I can see them actually scoring a few. I, I think it's going to be a comfortable away win. And the likes of Ziyech now playing and playing well. Um, he's got a fantastic dead ball delivery. And I can just see Chelsea, if they score early, scoring maybe three or four. I can I can see it being a, a fairly routine away win. Lee, I'll come to you next. You know, uh, Chelsea, of course, um, a London rival of your club. And when you look at the money they spent over the summer and, you know, people questioned maybe Thiago Silva, you know, where would Werner play? You know, Kai Havertz, you know, you see them all. Zayic is in. Ben Chilwell at left back. And, like as an as an Arsenal fan looking at this Chelsea side and, and they're in fifth position at the moment now it's very early days it's only eight league games gone but is it a case of if Chelsea stay in this long enough and, and maybe get through the, through the new year and they're starting to gel they could really have a good pop at this league or is it a case of they probably need a few more and I've major doubts over the manager Lee I'm going to be honest how do you feel? Uh, well firstly thanks for having me on and big no up to everyone in the chat room as well appreciate that and um, you said that there uh, there are London rivals. Um, I wish we was rivaling them. They're <laughs> <laughs> light years ahead of Arsenal, unfortunately. But um, the thing I worry with Chelsea, like it's not really a worry because they're not my team, but I look at Chelsea, they're the top scorers in the league this season. They ain't even gelled yet. You know, they haven't mani- managed to get Kai Havertz into the team and, and consistent performances from him. You know, Werner's not really hit top form yet, although his his output for goals and assists is pretty much one in one. And defensively, they I think they've got one of the best defenses in the league. I think they're level with us on goals conceded. And um, Newcastle is a bit of a weird one for them because they're Newcastle's their kryptonite normally. You know, normally they go even under Mourinho days, they'd go to Newcastle and lose. So it's a bit of a tough one for them, but. They haven't got Thiago Silva this time round. I think he's out injured. So that's a big miss for them because let's be real, we can all laugh and joke about his age, but he has actually been brilliant since he's been in the league. Other than one blunder, I think it was against West Bromwich Albion. He's been superb. And and he's kind of dragged everyone up around him as well. Like Kurt Zuma has been playing alongside him at times and he's been brilliant. <clears throat> uh, and Kurt Zuma for me, is just a bang average centre back, but just goes to show when you've got a quality centre-back next to you, talking you through games, giving you that experience, you know, and, and that big game experience, it does it does bring everyone's game up. But um, in terms of Newcastle, I, I think Chelsea will win the game. I think they'll comfortably win the game. I agree. I think they'll win it comfortably. But um, can they challenge for a title? This season started a little bit like the season Leicester won the league. You know, everyone's just slapping goals past everyone and nobody can defend at the moment. Um, Tottenham, for me, are a big worry. But yeah, you'd have to say they're in and about it. Definitely Tottenham as well. And and that's hard to say as an Arsenal fan, but the Jose factor as well. But but yeah, Chelsea can be in it. And if they can put a run of form together and they get them big boys firing goals. I mean, Zayic in the last game was just unplayable. What a player. And um, yeah, for me, they're definitely in a title race. Yeah, I think a fairly open title race, um, to be honest with you. You know, it, 
I, I even have Liverpool fans say to me, just we just ran over the league last season, and they did. You know, they ran over from early doors, and nobody was keeping up with them. But the whole, I think, and there's a multiple of situations going on here with no crowds, um, a tightened schedule. You know, international breaks every fucking two weeks. Um, you have you're not allowed to make enough subs, um, so players have gone down with injury. There's so much going on. Um, that somebody could come from the pack. I, I've said Spores from, from early on. I think Spores, for me, he has them playing a Mourinho way and he, he has them believing in what he's trying to do. And I think that's half the battle with, with Mourinho's teams. Um, but like, it could be anyone's. It genuinely could be anyone's. Now, if all things being equal, I think Liverpool and Man City are there and the rest are scrapping away. But I don't think all things are equal at the moment. And I don't mean that in a, in a way that, oh, you know, feel sorry for Man City or Liverpool. I don't mean it like that. What I mean is there's situations going on that are affecting clubs in different ways and it's 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 even in the playing field a little bit. And it's good for Premier League viewers and it'll be I think it'll be really exciting till till very, very late in the season. And um, just to let you know in the in the in the chat there's loads of love for um, Pete and Lee and, and and Joe and um Delighted to have them all on. Um, it's brilliant when you see this sort of uh, stuff going on in the chat room. It's um, there's loads of different names in there. Um, there's some references that I'm not getting, but look, I don't get most stuff. I wouldn't worry about it. Um, Joe, um, uh, Lee is laughing because I think Lee gets the references. <laughs> uh, but but Joe, um, you're you're looking at this, and you know, Chelsea, Newcastle. I'm I'm kind of. Veering on the side of, I, I understand where Pete's coming from. It's, it is a, it's not the easiest place in the world to go, St. James's Park. They are a bit hit and miss Newcastle, but, but there's a sort of team that just pulls something out like this every so often, aren't they? And, and they will sit back and let Chelsea play them and have a lot of the ball. It's up to Chelsea to break them down. And could Newcastle have enough on the break to worry them in Callum Wilson, um, St. Maximum? Um, you know, there's, they have a couple of players there that can hold you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really painful for me to hear the, the two lads be so gushing over Chelsea and Lampard. You know what my thoughts are? I mean, there was loads of people in the comments saying, that boy in the top right doesn't look happy. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, look, Chelsea haven't really played anyone of note yet. And when they did, you know, against Liverpool, they, they just sat in and were absolutely terrible. They're on a, they've got some tough fixtures coming up. Obviously, Newcastle, I think they play Spurs. They then play us um, and they've got... There's there's some tough fixtures coming up anyway. Wolves, City, I think. So after these next six or seven, then let's see where Chelsea are and see what they're about. But um, just on what Lee said as well, one win in nine for Chelsea at St. James's Park. One win in nine, you know? Um, And and like you said, Newcastle can pull something out and, and... I don't want to touch on my score yet, but I fancy them to to, to nick it, man. You know, um, I do. I'm 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 feeling Newcastle to nick it, and um, yeah, to put Lampard back in his box for a bit. Gav. Yeah, well, Joe, that's always your wish come the weekend. Um, that, <laughs> Chelsea, that Chelsea get beaten, and then secondly, Leeds win. Um, I'm I'm convinced of that now at this stage. But lads, just going around the table, and um, we get some score predictions on this one. Uh, Pete, what are you having on this one? I'm going for a, a bigger way win. I can't really see Newcastle unless it's a, a late goal, maybe consolation. I can see it being a 3-0 Chelsea win, to be honest, and just being relatively calm and straightforward. I know most people, well, everyone around here, really wants you know, a, a game to kickstart the, the Premier League weekend, but I, I can just see it being a, a routine win. And uh, yeah, 3-0 to the away side. 
Okay. Lee, what are you having on this one? Despite Newcastle being their bogey team, I think early kickoff, set the tone, go top of the league, I think, if they win it. I'm going 4-1 Chelsea. Okay. Joe? Uh, Thiago Silva out, uh, Chilwell out. I, I, I think Newcastle can nick it. I'm going 1-0. Oh. Oh. Oh, I'd say you get decent money on that 1-0 to Newcastle at the weekend. The only thing I would say is that, you know, this reminds me a little bit of when Chelsea went away to West Brom. And West Brom were just, everyone just thought they're going straight back down. And they probably still will. But, you know, they were, were they 3-0 down um, early doors? And they came back to 3 all, of course. But th- there's, a bit of it, there's a bit of that about this one for me. I think they led you. I think Chelsea led you. I think they led you two goals to one. Um and uh, Joseph is saying that Chilwell is okay. He'll play tomorrow. Okay, so I was okay. extreme HD. I'm checking that myself. Yeah. So um, uh, a lot of people saying um, Jerk Hall reckons Andy Carroll at the back post. Uh, <laughs> uh, Kangaroo has one nil to Chelsea. I'm very surprised at the at the low scoring uh, predictions, especially uh, Joe's one of one nil. Um, lads, two games to go. Just one quick predictions off yet before we go on to our next main game. And the first one is Joe uh, Villa v Brighton, please. Uh, Villa two nil. Okay, Lee. Uh, it's at Villa Park, yeah. Yeah, Villa be Brighton, yeah. Four nil Villa. Oh wow. well, um, obviously the wounds are still open from last week. Pete, <laughs> um, go on, Pete. Gonna go for a gonna go for a Villa win. I think Brighton can hold them though. I can see it being one nil, maybe a bit of uh, Grealish magic. One nil. One nil. I think Brighton are the sort of team this season that they look okay and then they just give away goals and they can't quite get back into it. I'm going to go 2-1 to Villa on that one. The next one up is uh, Manchester United against West Brom. Uh, Lee, I'll come to you first on this one. If Man United don't win that, then the Oli Out Brigade are going to have the banners out, aren't they? <laughs> um, I do think Man United will win that. I'm going to go 2-1 United. Okay. P. Man United v West Brom. Yeah, it could get quite nervy if it's goalless at half time, but I, I think they'll just have too much for them. And I think overall they can run out pretty comfortable. Say three nil to Man U. Maybe maybe late goals though, but three nil. Yeah, I'm just saying. I think three nil Manchester United. Joe, two one. I I think uh, West Brom will score. To be fair. Okay, uh, Kieran B. United back fifteen penalties. Um, Jared Cahill says pen- penalty to Manchester United in the first ten. Uh, Bruno Hattrick on penalties says Kieran B. Um, penalties, penalties, penalties. Um, on to our next main game, and it's Spurs in second place against Man City, who's sitting tenth at the moment with a game in hand over the rest of the league. And um, I think the game in hand is actually against Villa. Um, and Lee, I'll come to you first on this one. Um, I've said already I, I like the look of sports I think their squad is a little bit deeper than it was last season and and the big thing for me this season is they were actually quite good under Mourinho when he took over I think I think the form he had them in would have got them top four from the start of last season if he'd have been in from the first day And but the big thing about the way they're playing now is they look a bit more robust they look a bit a little bit more in control and I think he's identified with Harry Kane that He's not going to run in behind the fences. He's not going to stretch it, but he can drop into pockets, pick up ball, and he's 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 a very intelligent footballer. And I think he's getting the absolute best out of him without getting as many goals as he usually does. But when you look at this one against City, is there a danger here for City, despite having a game in hand, that if you were to lose this, you kind of start looking, going, "Is that drifting away here, lads? You, you need to get back on this." 
Well, the, the the thing with the thing with City is, despite how poor they've started the season, they have actually only lost one game, mm. and they've got a mad amount. I think only Liverpool have got more injuries than them, mm-hmm. so they haven't done too bad. I know they've not been all singing, all dancing, Man City. I know Pep's just signed a new deal. Maybe that'll give them a bit of a boost. Mm. I don't know, but um, it's at White Hart Lane. Jose Mourinho is the master of big game parking the bus tactics. And um, he has beaten Man City as Tottenham manager. I think Bergwijn scored in his debut, I think it was. So, you know, he, he, and he knows Pep. He's, he's played against him so, or been up against him so many times, even in, in Spain. So this is going to be a really interesting game because like you said about Harry Kane, Harry Kane is a, a back-to-goal striker for me. Yeah, but for me, he's world-class. Yeah, and I hate that he plays for that lot. I can't stand, and he used to be in our academy, which makes it even worse, but... He's world-class. He's a top-class finisher. You put him in and around the penalty box, low-driven, bottom corner every time. Wins a header in the box, he'll score. I mean, for England the other night, it's only Lukaku clearing it off the line, stops a great header off a corner. So Kane is the danger man, but I think that they're going to, Man City, try and focus on Son because Son, for me, is their best player. Yeah, he's absolutely brilliant. And I think that... It's going to be a bit of a weird game because Man City can't really afford to lose it because they are already quite a way behind six points or whatever it is. If they go and lose that game, it is going to be a bit of a mad struggle, especially if the other teams around them go and win all their games. Tottenham are obviously above them, only uh, only lost one game themselves this season. So I don't know. What do Man City do? Man City have got a world-class manager. Tottenham, for me, have got a world-class manager. They've both got top draw players in their squad. But for me, I think Tottenham... It's hard to predict a Tottenham win. Yeah, I think Tottenham are shaded. I think they'll win 2-1 because I think that there'll come a point in that game where Jose is just happy to take a draw, even though they are at home. It's against a big opposition and, and a team that could potentially rival for a title. So I think Jose would be happy with a draw. I think Pepper, Pepper actually think mm, 20 minutes to go. If it's a still 0-0, 1-1, 2-2, he'll go for it. And that's where they'll come undone. I'm going Spurs 2-1. Well, um, I think that'd be I think that'd be huge. Pete, are we making too much of what's going on at City here? Because, like I said, if they if they win the game in hand, I think they go. I think they go two points behind Liverpool, um, and they'd be only what three points off the top if they win their game in hand. Um, not not counting this weekend, of course. But are we making too much of this at City? Because Pep's obviously signed the contract extension now. They have got players out who are on the way back, and you know. There was, a, there was a lot made last season of they hadn't won five games in a row all season and stuff like that. But they still are a side, aren't they? That can just, they could literally just go and win 10, 15 games on the trot. We've seen it in previous seasons. Yeah, and also they've got a, a nice run of fixtures after this game. And because the league's the way it is, you can't really write anyone off who you would, at the start of the season, maybe have put towards the top of the league. We mentioned Chelsea earlier on. And if a team does go on a run of four or five wins, then they can be top of the league, just like Leicester at the moment. And Man City's, as mentioned, the only defeat was to us at the Etihad. And, and with the players that they've got in their in their squad, once all fit, which is going to be a big question for most sides, uh, especially prevalent with Liverpool and, and Leicester this weekend, th- there's no doubt that Man City can string not only four or five wins together, but upwards of 9, 10, 11. Mm. And then you're looking at what's happened over the last couple of years, maybe a, a two-horse race. Um, at the moment, though, I think there are problems. They're, they're missing Sergio Aguero so much, any team would do. But 
I think for this game, I can see it being one of those games where, yes, it's one of the, the kind of highlights of the weekend, but with Tottenham playing well um, and with them coming up to a run of very difficult fixtures, I can just see it turning into one of those games where nothing actually happens for the first eight hour or so. I can see both sides cancelling each other out, not wanting to lose the game. And then maybe late on, through substitutions, through maybe Manchester City having um, a, a very a very small forward line. You look at the possible forward line of having maybe Torres could be in a, in a false nine position. If Sterling's back, maybe playing further out wide than, say, Torres, who, who played so well for Spain midweek, scoring a hat-trick. And then you've got Bernardo Silva, etc. It's, it's a very... It's a very interesting lineup against a Tottenham side who I think are quite susceptible for a, a bit of pace and smaller trick, uh, tricky players. You look at their back line and I, I think they're late on you can get at Spurs. I think when they play against um, lesser opposition in the Premier League, I think Spurs can kind of dominate late on through their physicality up top when you look at the likes of the pace of Son and Kane and Bale. But I can just see this maybe turning towards Man City later on. And I, I would go for an away win. I can see it being a 1-0. I can see Man City keeping Tottenham at bay. But maybe not just through their play. Maybe by Mourinho just being a bit overcautious. So I think both sides, especially coming back up in the international break, will be cautious early on. And I can see maybe the game being won late on. And if it had to be a side, I think I'll pop for Man City. OK. Joe, um you know, people have mentioned that Spurs haven't played really anyone of no. I know they went away to Old Trafford and won, and United had a player sent off, and it was one of those days. But I want to read you the next series of fixtures for Spurs because they sit, um, they sit second at the moment behind Leicester, and the next day, I think it's the next day, Joe, right? So it's Tottenham or Tottenham are home, home to Man City, away to Chelsea, home to Arsenal, okay, away to Palace, away to Palace, yeah. Away to Liverpool, home to Leicester, away to Wolves, all right? That brings you up until Boxing Day. That's a ridiculous run of fixtures yeah. um, that they have. Could Mourinho look at this one and say, I, 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 I'm with P, I'm with P with the cautious stuff, I think, and I'm with Lee to an extent as well. I think Mourinho, if you give Mourinho a draw now, he'd just take it. He'd just say, yeah, get that out of the way and I'll just flat track bully the rest of the league um, as as best I can and take me chances when these bigger games come up but is this a chance f- for Spurs to go these are really hardy let's let's try put something on the board early because I'm not saying it, co- it would unravel but that sort of fixture list Joe if you lose one mm. and then you lose another before you know it you've lost you know five and eight and where are you mm. could it be a case of Mourinho changing his tact a little bit I'm not sure. I mean, look, you mentioned earlier, you know, about about City. If Spurs and Liverpool were to win this seat, uh, this weekend, I think there's an eight-point gap over City, do you know what I mean? And uh, yeah. City haven't had a great start. But um, just on Spurs, um, I, I look, if anyone's going to win anything with Spurs, it's going to be Mourinho, isn't it? You know, he knows what 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 needs to to be done. You know, to to win silverware, and I do think along the line they are going to win silverware under Mourinho. It's just what he does. Um, that run of fixtures though is just insane. Um, that that that's going to be some some tough going. Um, but just for the week, and I, I I don't know, like with with the city situation, I didn't see Pep signing a new deal either. I've been saying week after week yeah. that's what's going wrong at City. 
You know, it's their worst start since 20, 2009, I think, and, and Pep's worst start ever as a manager, you know. Um, so I was thinking, oh, he's done, man. He's gone. This is his last time. So for him to sign a new deal, KDB, I think they're going to go big and bring in. I don't. I think Aguero leaves in the summer and they bring someone like a Haaland in, someone like that. I think uh, City are going big, and I think they could. They could have a, a, a bit of a, a buoyance, you know, a bit of an upturn now um, after this new deal and a little bit more certainty in and around the club. Because I think I've spoken to City fans like Bouvi, etc., that that just didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't think Pep was going to be still here, you know? Um, so so I think we might see a resurgence. But just on Spurs, if anyone can can get through that fixture list, if anyone can win silverware, it's going to be Mourinho. It's what he does, man. I, I really rate both the managers. Um, so it's going to be a great game for me. Yeah, I, and, I, and I think Tottenham could do bits this season. I know Lee won't like that, but I think... <laughs> Try not to upset Lee on his day on this yeah. show, um, but uh, <laughs> look, what can we do if spores are good? Uh, Kevin Sullivan, of course, reminds me, and you throw in the Europa League fixtures as well, mm. which um, it's 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 no um, it's no fun, and, and people um, experience that as it, as it gets down to it as well. Uh, lads, I've, you've you've coined the Trump predictions at me, but I, I'll, I've given you a couple of minutes to listen to all the views on this. So, uh, Lee, give us your definitive um, on this one. Well, on the uh, the Man City, uh, Tottenham yep. Man City. Are you, are you sticking with her? I'm sticking with my prediction. I'm, I think Tottenham are just about nick it, and I, and the reason I say that is because, like you said, I know their fixtures are a mad run, and and equally, I know we could probably come to Arsenal at some point, but um, Arsenal's next run of fixtures is just as bad as Tottenham. So I think Jose, I look at that and think if we can nick a win out of it, then that gives us a good start. But I think he'd be happy with a draw. But I do think they'll win it. I think Man City need the points more than Tottenham. Okay. Uh, Pete, you're sticking with your um, prediction? Yeah, I'm going to go for a City win. Late goal, 1-0. Um, um, and it could be it could be from a you know, set play or something, but I can just see it being a stalemate. And then one goal winning it, and, and I'll, I'll plump for City. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Uh, Joe, what are you going for? I don't no, I know. I, um, I know. I'm asking you this again because I know you're a bit torn on it. Um, I'm. I will go one all. Go one all. All right, <laughs> splinters, splinters <laughs> yeah, everywhere. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dan, Dan Jay, um, Dan Jay has three one to Man City for real. Has three one to Spurs. Flash Gordon has two two. Um, Ricken in the in the comments is having a breakdown. I don't know why, but relax, but um, put the kettle on. It'd be cool. It'd be alright. Um, <laughs> Uh, Dan Thomas has 2-2 two, two as well uh, Kevin Sullivan has 3-1 to Spurs I'm going to go I, I, do you know what I, I, sh- I shouldn't have done this show because I kind of had the thing in my head and then you three have done this to me and now I don't know where I am um, <laughs> So, but I, I, I still go I still maintain Mourinho looks at it and goes there's a gap to Man City if they win their game in hand we're still, there's still a gap and he'd like to maintain that gap just maintain it not, not extend it I'm going to go for a 2-2 two, two draw um, I think there will be goals. I think I think Pete is right. You can get at Spurs in certain ways, but you can get at Man City as well. Like the first 25 minutes last week, Liverpool against Man City, Liverpool should have been three up um, if they'd have taken their chances they were outside. Now, City came back into the game quite well. I thought Liverpool were poor um, second half, but they did come into it. And 
one all was probably a fair reflection overall, but Liverpool take their chances. Um, they're able to sight against City for me. And if you can get at Kyle Walker, you'll, you'll, you'll have joy all day for me. Um, but I'm going, I'm going to stick, I'm going to stick with, um, uh, two, two. Toxics thinks that, uh, Bale will be the difference. Uh, Bertrand Soup says, leave Rickon alone. I, I, I told him just make a cup of tea. It's grand. He'd be okay. Um, I'm not, we're not having a go. Uh, Spores 2 nil says Pat P. Warner. So, um, two more fixtures to have a look at. Um, P, I'll come to you first. Uh, Fulham v Everton. The, the Everton who won the league a couple of weeks ago, but now <laughs> aren't in the league. Um, what, what's, what's going on there, Fulham v Everton for you? Uh, I, I can see it being a way win. I know that might be a, kind of an easy thing just to say straight off the bat, but. Um, it's it's a one man show really. Richarlison's back for Everton. Everton since he signed for them in 2018. Richarlison, when he's not been in the first team squad, um, Everton have not won. So it, you get the stats really back up, and all the headlines have been taken by Dominic Calvert Lewin, obviously with his goals. But I don't think you can underestimate the effect that Richarlison's had on the Everton side, and mm-hmm. I think his return will give everyone a lift. It will help out some of the players who sparkled early on in the season. Uh, Rodriguez is a prime example. Um, and one or two others further back in midfield where it was interesting when they, when they first started in the Premier League this season where they completely changed the midfield. That was an area which most people would have pinpointed and saying that's where Everton needed to improve. They changed it completely, played everyone from the start and it worked amazingly well for the first, you know, six, seven games and, and they were riding high. Um, it's kind of gone off the boil, but if you're going to go somewhere, go to Craven Cottage. Um, they've just got problems. And it's not really, for me, with Fulham. I, I just think, overall, they're not good enough. That And that might be mm. quite simple, but I think that's the case. Um, we all expected Mitch, Mitrovic has been, I think, quite poor. Um, they've missed obvious chances. They've missed a number of penalties. The obvious one um, being last uh, game week in the Premier League. What a mess that was. And I just think overall, you look at the Fulham side and they're just not good enough. And, and you know, nothing against the manager, nothing against the players. It's just the standard of football that they're up against. And I think overall quality will tell. Um, and I think the Richarlison factor will mean Everton will probably run out in the end, probably comfortable winners. But I can imagine, again, it will be in, being a fairly close game up until maybe the second half. But I think the quality is just going to tell in the end. Yeah, I think I think that's very fair. I, I I genuinely do. Lee, everything started like a house on fire. You know, um, they were having DVDs made. It was all happening um, down the Bullens Road. But um, you look at it, and and in fairness, like I'm, I'm only joking about everything. Um, I'm not, but I am. Uh, the thing about them is. You know, they identified, I thought they identified really well in the summer what they wanted to do. And, you know, they went out and got the players that they thought they needed and it started really well. But for me, Lee, it's, it's one of those where when they have to fall back on the players that they were dependent on last season that weren't good enough, it's when they struggle. You know, it's, it's probably a case of it probably puts into perspective that everything needed another one or two transfer windows to, to push on again to get to a level where if we have one or two, we still have people there that are able, able deputies. It's kind of mad with Everton because they've they've got a manager for me that they're punching well above their weight by getting. He should be Arsenal manager, but they should have Arteta. <laughs> like, let's be real here; it's like roles reverse. But to to bag Hammers Rodriguez, although I don't particularly think he's the greatest attacking midfielder in the world scene, and and don't rate him that highly. 
he's come into the Premier League. He's been superb. I know he kind of disappeared in the the last game or whatever, but I think it was Southampton or wherever they played. But he he's been brilliant, and it just goes to show. I agree. Like Richarlison's a massive miss for them because he is the guy that can travel with the ball 30, 40, 50 yards up the pitch. And he's got that little spark in him. He's like, their, he's like their aggression, isn't he? Yeah, it's mad because I don't think, I think Richarlison's massively overrated. He's not worth 80, 90 million quid, which apparently Barcelona wanted him for. But at the same time, if I look at Everton's squad, I think that their midfield's better than Arsenal's. They've got a manager better than Arsenal's and they've got a striker like in, in terms of out and out striker comparing him to Lacazette that's levels above Lacazette. So they've got a core there. The problem for them is that their goalkeeper is useless. They've got a couple of defenders that are not. He has little arms. <laughs> I call him dinosaur arms, this man. Yeah. But I just think that, you know, this is probably the right game for Everton to have after the backup. I think it's what, three straight losses? Mm. Yes. You know, it's so great. And I just think that Fulham are the whipping boys this season. You know, we went there. We're not great as a club uh, and as a team. We went there and it was just a walk in the park on a Sunday afternoon against Fulham. You know, and I don't see that being any different for Everton. I think Everton will go there and absolutely hammer them. And um, in terms of hammering them, I say 3-0, but it'll be a comfortable, easy 3-0 stroll in the park. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting, Joe. I always like to talk to you about the teams that have come up because obviously you were involved with them, um, and played them, um, on numerous occasions last season. And you know, you see Fulham and you know they've a chance there at West Ham to get a point, and Luckman is trying to ridiculous penalties, and you know, it it just doesn't look good for them. Um, do you still stick where you are from the start of the season? Just go there, going back down because, like Pete said, as much as they can try, and as much as Got Park, I might try different things and ideas. They just don't have the quality. Yeah, yeah. I think it. they didn't really deserve to go up, if I'm honest. Brentford should have gone up ahead of them mm. over the course of the season. Do you know what I mean? And I don't really rate Parker. I've said that to you before. Yeah. Um, uh, and, yeah, they just don't look great. And for, for Luckman to do what he did in the situation that they're in, trying to get results on the board, I thought it was absolutely crazy. And mm. Parker must be fuming. Does he bomb him out? I mean, if I'm the coach, I'm bombing him out for that. Do you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, but the problem he's is, quite, is he, he's probably he's one threat, of only, yeah, he's probably one of only yeah. two players that are a threat him. And Mitch, yeah, which, yeah, true. You know, um, but yeah, Everton comfortable win for me. Okay, um, quick was uh, quick predictions on this one. Um, Joe, I'll come to you first. Uh, Sheffield United v West Ham. I think Sheffield United are going to get the first win one nil. Okay, um, Lee, not a London club. You're not going to back against them, are you? 2-1 West Ham. Okay, good stuff. Fancy West Ham yourself in this one. I think Sheffield United are in a massive row. Uh P, Sheffield United v West Ham. It's got ball draw written all over it for me. Nil-nil, I think. Um, I don't think West Ham going forward probably will break down. Maybe Sheffield United are going to go ultra-defensive because they, they just need something. I can see it just being a stalemate. Nil-nil. Nice. Okay. We move on um, to our third main game of this show, and it is, of course, Leeds v. Arsenal. So strap yourselves in. Uh, <laughs> well, the lads. Well, Thanks for having me on, <laughs> <laughs> um, P, 
Pete, I'm going to come to you first. I'm going to let them two stew for a minute. Let's have a little <laughs> chat about, um, about Leeds and, and Arsenal. And look, Leeds um, came to Anfield on the first day of the season. They were a breath of fresh air for me um, against Liverpool side that were a little bit... I don't know whether they underestimated Leeds or they just went on it. Um, Liverpool get the win in the end, but it was one of those where it, it kind of could have went either way. They've had some good wins. They go and they bash Villa at Villa Park and you've seen Villa beat Liverpool 7-2 and go and win 3-0 at the Emirates. And and then they've had a couple now, you know, Leicester. Um, Leicester, you know, I think exposed them. And it was something that we, me and Joe spoke about before that game where Leicester could expose them and then they go to Palace and what happens at Palace and in the midst of it is all a VAR thing, which I can't go into because when I go into it, I, you'll be here till about four in the morning listening to me about it. But you, when when you when you look at Leeds, uh, P, and then you look at Arsenal, so Le- Leeds are a little bit of a wounded animal, you know, after those couple of defeats, and Bielsa won't stand for that. It's not a case of like a Fulham or a West Brom where they're losing games and you just go, oh, we're losing games and we'll see where we go. Bielsa will demand a hell of a lot more standard, a higher standard, I suppose. And then you look at Arsenal, and, and we're going to get on to Lee in a minute because Lee is um, fairly adamant with how he feels about Arsenal, and on, it's, it's actually quite refreshing. Um, where this, this is 15th against 11th at the moment, P. And it's a bit of a crunch game, I think, for both. It's an interesting game. Two sides who, who Leicester have turned over this year, just to get that quick. And, um, <laughs> yeah, I love it's, that. Uh, <laughs> I, I, it's very interesting because it's it's two sides, two decent sides. Let, let's put it that way in the Premier League. You know, we're not talking any... I don't think there's problems in terms of, say, with Leeds United being sucked into a relegation fight. I know things have not been going too well at Arsenal, but I think there's two sides where if you were to draw a league table and to say, stick a couple of sides towards the top of the league who you can get at, Leeds and Arsenal would be right up there. You can get at them. We did exactly that away at Leeds. Um, I think Leeds United, the, the problem with Leeds, it's it's not even what I would say a problem. It's just their brand of football and their style of football, which is great, fantastic. But it's to a certain level where if you come across a side who generally from 1 to 11, are maybe just a step above the players that they've got, because they've only just obviously come up from the championship. And they can be found out because of the style that they play. They can be got at. That's what happened with Leicester. Arsenal, I think, are quite similar. I don't think... I I think there's a problem at Arsenal. And the problem is, um, I don't know whether that's going to be the case here, but I just don't think that they're as good as most Arsenal fans think. And... They've got one or two good players, very, very good players. But I think the rest are bang average. And I think players, and so teams like Leicester, like Everton in places, uh, like Tottenham, apart from away from the stars at Tottenham, I think those sides, for example, and Wolves, have, have bought players who are just generally better than what Arsenal have brought in over the last few, few years. And there's no surprise to me that both of these clubs are where they are. I think it's going to be a brilliant game to watch. I can see mm. it being very high scoring. And I'll put that mainly down to the fact that Leeds will be playing their style of football, their great style of football, brilliant to watch. And I think Arsenal have the forward line to hurt them, though. And, you know, Bamiang really needs to pull his finger out, really. He's, uh, since he signed that mega money deal, it's all kind of gone horribly wrong for him in front of goal. Um, I think we'll obviously hear more about that and, and what maybe the problem is there. He's a, he's a great player. I think this has got goals written all over it. And I don't think it's going to make or break either team season, to be honest. 
but I can see it maybe even ended in a draw, but being a very high scoring draw. Looking forward to this one. Um, and not really bothered who wins because I don't think Arsenal will be in front of Leicester towards the end of the season. I don't think Leeds will be either. I'm just looking forward to this one. And I can see it being a, a very high scoring game, a very open game. And I can see both sides taking advantage of the weakness in the opposition. Yeah, I, and I fully agree with you. I absolutely fully agree with you on so many points you've made there. And I'm going to put them to the two lads now. Uh, a. Loringer says, I actually think Leeds and Arsenal are on a similar footing. They both have clear strengths and clear weaknesses. I think that's a very fair point. Yeah, yeah. Joe, uh, I said to you last week, or a couple of weeks, the last time you were on this show, yeah. um, just before Palace, I said to you, look, you've you've been beaten here, you've been beaten there, you're going to Palace. Um, is is there a chance that Bielsa changes his style? Um, and not because he is, he's admitting he's wrong or, or it's, you know, doesn't have confidence in his players, but you have to, you have to adjust to the situation you're in, the league you're in, the players you're playing against. And he just seems to have this kind of gung ho chase everyone down attitude. And, and the reason I'm asking that, Joe, is because I keep coming back to Norwich from last season and Norwich tried to play this brand of football that everyone thought was pretty and, and it, was, it was so naive. It was untrue. Um, a, it was a great idea, um, but when you don't have the players to implement it, it's not. And then when you're playing against the quality you're playing against, it looks even worse. Joe, does them last couple of results make you think, we need to kind of do something. We need to adapt ourselves a little bit here, even to make ourselves a little bit a little bit more secure, a little bit tighter at the back, and, and then trust our players going forward that, okay, it might be 4-1 or 4-3, but... We, we get a goal and then we can sit in and, and then we make nick a 2 nil and that's as good as any other result once you're getting three points. Um, he's not going to change. I don't want him to change. Um, I love the brand of football we play. It's the best I've been able to see as a Leeds United fan. Um, I think the Leicester game, just to touch on it, Bamford scores early doors. It's a different game. If mm. Pablo Hernandez doesn't hit the crossbar, we're 2-2. We may be going and win the game. Crystal Palace isn't a 4-1 game. Uh, Bamford has one chalked off for offside, which shouldn't have been. Yeah. Um. Uh, the they score a free kick, um, which he can't do nothing about it. And um, the the goal uh, that Van Arnold scores basically scored from the corner flag. It took a wicked deflection and went under Melier's hands. It's not a four-one game, but as I've said to you before, Gav, Leeds United will get a lot of scalps, but also in some games get spankings due to the way that we play. And that's been the case against Leicester and against Palace. And a lot of that's due to the way that they set they set up and the speed in which they can they can they can go in the transitions, you know, um, to go from front to back so quick. And of course, with the man marking system and the pressing system that we use, that once you break it, there is space to run into, you know. And you're always going to find that with Bielsa. It's just it's just how it is. Do I think he'll have done a lot of work on it? Yes. I mean, he's had two weeks off. Um, we, he he has to do something, of course. Um, we've got to remember as well, we were missing Calvin Phillips, which is a, a huge, huge loss for Legion. Is he back? Because of, yeah, he's back. He's back. Okay. Um, Rodrigo as well. Uh, Rodrigo was also missing due to COVID. He's back. Um, so he offers so much. Because against Leicester, there was times where we couldn't string five passes together in their half. We were lacking so much creativity. Um, and... I think what had happened is after the great result at Villa, he decided to go with that same team that played that second half and it just didn't work against Leicester. We're without Calvin. We're missing the creativity of Rodrigo. And it's been tough because depth-wise, we don't have what the rest of the teams have. You know, we just don't. 
Mm. Um, we've just got young lads in there, you know. Um, but for 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 this weekend, um, I think we can get a result against Arsenal. Um, and and the reason I say that is I was doing some research earlier on. I think Arsenal have had or <laughs> do have the most touches in their own box than any other side. Um, I think Bert Leno's. Got I, can, the I can't. I can't. I can't see them doing up a plaque for that show and going. To be honest with you, no. Everything maybe, but is, not Arsenal. Yeah. What I mean by this, I think Bert Leno's got the shortest average pass length yep. in the division, and mm-hmm. I and I see that and think if they're going to play with that style and continue to persist playing it out from the back, they will get caught by our press. They will. You know, Bamford, Rodrigo, Click, the wingers, Costa, Harrison. I think they will get caught out. And the fact no party, and we're up against Xhaka and Sabayos, we already seen in the FA Cup, Leeds gave Xhaka a bit of a tough time in that first half when we played him in the FA Cup. So I, I, I think we we can get some out of the game um, on, on Saturday. And it's, it's mad because I see a lot of Arsenal fans actually saying them they're nervous for the Leeds game, which is unheard of to think we've just come up and Arsenal are a huge club. But I think maybe it's just the I mean if Arteta was to let the shackles off and 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 let them go at us in fast transitions, which I don't think he will, then you know it they probably could get at us. But I think it's more of a methodical approach they used to get I mean how many shots have they had? I think Patrick Bamford's got what uh eight and Arsenal team have got nine goals so you know, they're, they're really shot shy at the minute. Hmm. Lee, I could come to you here for a rebuttal against that, but you, I, the chances are you're just going to go, yeah, he's spot on. <laughs> the team for me with Arsenal, and I don't know if you agree, um, and, and Pete mentioned something earlier, you know, you have got some really, really, really good players, but then there's a lot of them that, are, for me, are overhyped. I will. I know you're not a fan of Arteta, and we'll get to that in a second. But what I would say is, he's trying to bring his own brand um, of football, which is absolutely fine by me because I think Arsenal for too long tried to play a perceived Arsenal way, which hadn't worked in ten plus years. I don't know why he persisted. Um, whether that was Wenger or Unai Emery or whatever it might be, Arteta's trying to do something different, which is including really short kickouts and stuff like that to the end line, and trying to play a centre back in by playing it to the full back and getting out past the press. Um, but when I look at this, the one thing that's bugging me about this, Lee, is that I'm understanding about a manager getting time, but it's nearly a case when, you know, you get, didn't they get beaten by City 1-0 and I was kind of going, they'll just think that's a one-all draw. The, 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 the way it's going on now, it's like, is there, is, is there too many excuses being made now? Is it is it time to kind of go, listen, it's all great having this sort of standard of play or, or style of play, but there has to be some substance. Like, uh, I thought there were shambles against Villa, for argument's sake. Harvard Business School Online offers professional certificate courses that are 100% online and can be completed on your own time. Discover how HBS Online can help you take the next step in your career and try a free business lesson today at hbsonline.info. Sack him. It's as simple as that. Yeah, Lovely. He's been here this, uh, okay. If anybody, um, if anybody hasn't got an alcoholic beverage around them, uh, get one now. It's in the kitchen. But honestly, I didn't want him as manager. And um, the reason I didn't want him as manager is for exactly what we've seen at the start of the season. People can bang on as much as they want about he won two trophies. Well, he didn't. He's won one trophy and he's won a charity game. You know, the, the Community Shield is not a trophy. It's a charity game. Let's have that right. And, you know, 
even though I wanted Wenger to go at the end of his, his tenure and like it was getting out of control, he still won three FA Cups in four seasons before he went. You know, our fans, a lot of our fans are sitting there making out that this is the second coming of Pep Guardiola. Well, he's absolutely butchered every single one of our youngsters. Every single one of them has regressed. Yeah, Martinelli, for example. Sorry, I might go on a bit of a rant here, so bear with me. No, you take your time. Martinelli was player of the month in January, run the whole length of the pitch at Stamford Bridge with 10 men, scores a goal. We didn't see him again until six weeks later when he came off the bench against Olympiacos and set a Bamiyang up in stoppage time, or sorry, extra time, in the second half of extra time to put us in the lead, which we then bottled under this manager yeah, in, in stoppage time. You know, then after that, he got injured in training. He's been out for eight months. Yeah, he's now back in training. He is an absolute baller, Martinelli. Bukayo Saka, one of the best young prospects we've got in this country, let alone at Arsenal, in this country. And he's been superb for England. As soon as he signed a new contract, bench. Yeah, then you've got Nicola Pepe. You know, it's not just him. Unai Emery done it. Freddie Lundberg done it. You know, he's never. He's not, I don't think he's played more than five straight games for Arsenal. That's embarrassing, especially when you go and sign Willian, who's not scored a goal for us yet, who, by the way, I don't particularly dislike. I wouldn't have said go and sign Willian, but, you know, I just think he's been shocking. He played up front against Man City away. I mean, come on. Then you've got Kieran Tierney, who for me is one of the best left-backs in the league, has the ability to be the best left-back in the league, and we're playing him at centre-back. It's like, what are you doing? I mean, if these were things and decisions that Arsene Wenger or Unai Emery were making, there'd, there'd be carnage. And, you know, we, we go and play against Liverpool. I mean, you guys, you, you'd know this. Like, we played against Liverpool. We've just beaten, um, we've just beaten Fulham, you know, and um, I think we beat West Ham just. Yep. And Gabriel was our best player in probably both of them games. He then drops him and puts him on the bench at Anfield because he doesn't want to ruin his confidence. Well, why? And then the, the, the thing that winds me up with it is, is that if I had known that Unai Emery was going to get sacked and Arteta was coming in, I would have kept Unai Emery. Because for me, for everything you just said about Leeds United, well, that was Unai Emery. We'll play expansive football. People forget how good we are. We battered Valencia home and away in a semi-final Europa League. We battered Tottenham. We battered Chelsea. We battered Man United. You know, we, we had some great... We battered Leicester at the Emirates in the second half. First half was a bit iffy. I'll see you move. <laughs> the scoreline done it a bit too much justice. But that second half, we were absolutely superb. We played some great free-flying football. Fulham away, 5-1. People... And, and the reason I say this is... A lot of people were uh, Wenger in, Wenger out. The ones that were Wenger out just wanted him gone. So Emery coming in, it was like lovely, jubbly. The ones that were um, Wenger in didn't want the new manager full stop, whoever, no matter who it was. Now he got sacked with a worse, uh, with a better record than Arteta's got in his first twenty-eight league games. Unai Emery had a better record for wins, draws, and losses, and goals scored than this manager's got. And that was when he was in his worst, his last 28 league games for Arsenal. He's got a better record than Arteta. But for me, the cult, and I I call it a cult and a fetish, like for this manager, I don't get it, mate. I genuinely do not get it. And going into this game, I just look at it and I think, the fact that we're sitting here worried, no disrespect, but we're worried about Leeds United. We are the Arsenal. 
Yeah, we should be going in this game with a Bamian, Pepe, Saka. Thomas Part is injured, cool. But we've got Gabriel, we've got Tierney, we've got Maitland Niles. We're playing a guy at right back who just got sent back to Barcelona by Jack Grealish. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you know, he's making so many wrong decisions. He's micromanaging players. His man management's embarrassing. He's, he's killed off our kids. You know, he's playing players out of position. But people want to come out with this comparison to Klopp at Liverpool. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Klopp, Klopp had dominated in Germany, got to Champions League finals. You could see after four games, he went to Man City and hammered Man City away for Liverpool. You know, we're, we're sitting there killing off one of the best strikers in Europe because he wants to park the bus. And then our fans come out with, oh, but he's improved the defence. Well, yeah, of course he has. He's got 11 men behind the ball. <laughs> you know, it's embarrassing, mate. And, and I say this all the time. You as a Leicester fan, mate, like, would Jamie Vardy play left wing? He wouldn't, would he, to accommodate Iniacho? That ain't going to happen. We've got the we've got the French Benteke up front, missing sitter after sitter after sitter. You know, then 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 we've got William, who, like I said, I don't dislike. But what's Pepe got to do to get a game? You know, he got hooked off against Dundalk or Mulder, or whoever. I think it was Dundalk. He's got a screamer in that game. He gets hooked off after sixty-five minutes, and we're thinking, cool. Last time he played against Luke Shaw, Luke Shaw's still spinning. Yeah. He didn't start and he didn't get a game. He didn't come off the bench. Why'd you hook him off? He's just sort of a screamer, you know, against Dundalk. He played five at the back against Dundalk. I mean, like, bruv, I could sit, and I'm waffling, so I'm going to wrap this up, right? Because I could sit here for hours telling you every single deficiency with this manager and how well, he's doing what, what I would say is, if you do want to talk about it for hours, I'm the man to talk to, because Arsenal, as I said to you beforehand, is, I'm not an Arsenal fan. I've no, I don't even know, um, and... I, I genuinely don't personally know an Arsenal fan, right? Uh, so I should have no interest in them, but they absolutely intrigue me and they have done for years. So if you ever want to, me and you to sit down and have, do a podcast about Arsenal, um, I, I, I will be there and I listen, I'll sit back and have a few drinks if you want to talk for an hour and a half, if no problem. Um, but what I would say, you touched on something there about the comparison to Klopp. Do you know something? I think what might be getting some Arsenal fans back up over this is it's like a media narrative that's trying to create Pep Mark too, right? This Spanish guy, he's worked at this club and that club and he's worked under Pep and he's going to step out of his shadow and he's, you know, and I've even seen stuff like, oh, see, you're struggling. Maybe it was Arteta that was, you know, the man that was, and I'm kind of going, give me a half a fucking day off. <laughs> you know, um, you know, as much as I think Pep's reputation is slightly inflated, I don't think uh, the loss of Mikel Arteta will bring the Manchester City yeah. group to the ground. Let me put it that way. But when you see the, 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 the comparison to Klopp and it's like, oh, well, and even Solskjaer, uh, well, Solskjaer after so many games um, is better than Klopp. Oh, fair enough, but I don't think Klopp, I don't think Solskjaer is going to last five years and be sitting there with European cups and titles. Arteta, for me, I, I to a point I like what he's doing. I do like what he's trying to do because he's trying to get away from the Arsenal thing that people thought was great when it wasn't, and the results showed from two thousand and four onwards. FA cups aside, but I still I, I'm starting to think that he's being put on a certain shelf by the media. And he will never be taken off that shelf. He will always stay at that level, regardless of what goes on. And he's a bit of a darling because he spent a lot of his career in England. You have to remember. Yeah, no, no, no. Sorry, you know, sorry to cut you off. I, I 100% agree with you, right? There's not a single person in him. I mean, I see Tim Cahill absolutely embarrass himself up against Roy Keane the other week. Roy Keane nailed it. Yeah. He's not playing football like prime Bayern Munich. 
Yeah, he is playing boring football. People were sitting there banging on about, oh, we've got. I remember at the turn of the year before when we went into lockdown, oh, we're unbeaten in 2020. How embarrassing is that an achievement? Then we come out of lockdown, first game, 3 0 loss at, at the Etihad. You know, then we go and lose to, to um, Brighton away. We were winning the game. Pepe scores, he gets benched the next game. Every time Pepe scores, he's benched. You know, and for, for me, real talk, right? I just look at it and I think that. When you look at, and, and I don't want to keep comparing him to Emery because Emery, I wanted him sacked. But when you look at it, we had Petr Cech, we had Licksteiner, Jenkinson, Monreal, Koscielny, Alex Elwobi, Mikatarian. You know, Elneny was in midfield for the uh, on the bench for the Europa League final. We had Danny Welbeck up front. You know, that's eight to 10 players there that are not here. Socrates is another one. Socrates and Elneny are the only players I've just named there that are still at this football club. And that was what Emery worked with. You know, yes, you can throw Ramsey at me. Ramsey is one of the most overrated footballers I've ever seen. You know, Koscielny is one of the most bang average centre-backs I've ever seen. Fully agree. Yeah. And, And I just look at it and I think the hype for this guy in the media, the hype of this guy from Pep. I mean, every press conference, I do press conference reactions on my channel. Every single press conference, these same Arsenal journalists that go to these press conferences go, so what do you think to Pep? What do you think to Pep doing it? Who cares? You know, it's Arsenal, it's Leeds versus Arsenal, and you're asking him about Pep's new deal. Nobody cares. We're Arsenal. Yeah, Yeah, we want to know about what you think of Leeds and what you think of this and what you're going to do with William for going abroad when he shouldn't be. What you're going to do to, you know, Danny Ceballos and David Luiz fighting and it makes it, you can see I'm getting angry, man. I'm going to stop, but it just winds me up, mate. It really frustrates me. And uh, and our fans just seem to lap it up because he won a cup. Yeah. I, I, I think, I, um, yeah. sorry. Go on. No, go on, Joe. No, I was going to say, though, do you not think if Ramsey's in this side now, it, it improves it, though? He averaged three league goals a season, man. You know, for me, he's, a, he's an FA Cup hero. I was at Wembley the, when we beat Chelsea. I was there. It was mad. Yeah. He's an FA Cup hero. In The one thing I'll always say about Ramsey is very much like Genduzi, another player that Arteta has micromanaged and then bombed out the club. You know, they're, they're both players that no matter what their performances are on the day, they will never hide. They always wanted the ball. They'd always try and make something happen. We have not got a single player in that midfield that wants to stand up and have it. Yeah. When, when we look at Jack Grealish the other week, you know, Jack Grealish, when we lost 1-0 to them and that kept pretty much kept him in the league last season, it's like I'm hearing my, our manager coming out saying, oh, he needs a rest, he needs a rest, he needs a rest. He need... Well, why don't Jack Grealish need a rest? Jack Grealish gets kicked more than anyone in the Premier League. Now, Jack Grealish is gets the ball and he is the focal point of everything good for Aston Villa going forward. He dragged them to, to safety. And the last two times we've played against this guy, not once have we kicked him. Yeah. We just let him run run rings around us. And if you compare Jack Grealish to Ramsey, they're stratospheres apart. When when he went to Juve, I actually said on a show, uh, the day he left, I said he'll be at Everton inside three years because Juve didn't want him. They only got him because he was free and they can make a profit when they sell him. They do it all the time. Emre Chan, you know, yeah. other, other players along the way, they do it all the time. Mm. 
It's um, it's an interesting one. I genuinely would love to sit down and talk Arsenal with you for oh, um, sorry, just one. I'm, watching, I'm probably ruining your show, mate. No, so. no, you're, you're not ruining anything. Um, you you keep on as you want, and if you want to do that, we will absolutely sit down 100%. and do and do an, and do an audio podcast on that. Uh, Dan Jay says comparing Arteta to Klopp is stupid on so many reasons, but Klopp wouldn't have lasted a year with their Arsenal fan base. Dan, I disagree. Um, I think Klopp would have because he would have just come out and told Arsenal fans to shut up. Um, and you know he would have just come out and went, I'll do this. And he's a much stronger person than than Unai Emery or or Mikel Arteta. I think it's a little bit underestimated how strong willed and how straight at the point Jurgen Klopp is, and that's what benefits him in so many ways. Um, I'm gonna have to get predictions on this game. Um, if Lee tells me Arsenal are gonna lose here, I'm gonna feel so sorry for him for the weekend. <laughs> uh, but Pete, I'll come to you first. Um, what are you going for? High scoring draw, two two, even a three three. But uh, high scoring draw, good game. Yeah, I'm going somewhere along that line as well. Joe, come on. What are we having? 2-0. 2-0 Leeds. Yeah. Lee, what are we having? <laughs> I do, I'm going to do my preview tomorrow at 9pm on my channel, right? So if if I give a scoreline now and that <laughs> changes by tomorrow, that's because I've maybe had a little bit more time to think yep. about it and look here. But I think we'll lose 2-1. Okay, okay. Um, quick predictions on these two from you, please, gents. Uh, Pete, I'll come to you first. Um, just a prediction. Uh, Bournley v Palace. Oh my god! Like Ugh. stomach's just gone. Oh, dear. <laughs> yep. it's got it's got to be nil nil. Yeah, it's a bad bad uh, ninety minutes of football. That Lee one nil Palace. Joe nil nil as well. Yeah, horrible. I I think Palace win this. I think Palace win this 3-1 I think Palace oh. there's more goals in Palace than people let on I think and um, I just think Pornley are awful to be perfectly honest with you right last game of the weekend um, Liverpool v Leicester um, Pete I'm going to let you stew for a second uh, I'll get to you in a minute because uh, obviously you're the Leicester fan and I'm the Liverpool fan but Joe going into this one there's been a lot made um, and me and Pete were discussing this um, before we came on live the injury situations at a lot of clubs at the moment is Bizarre, to be honest with you. Well, it's not bizarre. It's quite easy to work out what's going on. Bizarre would be like, I don't know how this is happening, but it's clear why it's happening. You know, um, as we've said, so many games, sending them all around the world. They're catching COVID. They're coming back. They're isolating. They're getting injured. They're playing too many games. There's, there's muscle injuries all over the place. And when you look at this one for the weekend, like Leicester have, like Leicester have a serious amount of players out Liverpool have a serious amount of players out a mixture of muscle injuries and just long term stuff like Joe Gomez and Virgil van Dijk but um, what are you expecting from this one Joe because I'm going to put my hands up and I I expect this to be absolute carnage yeah so we it's hard to say it but I I think Liverpool's home record that stretches back to April 2017, I believe, could yeah. be in jeopardy, Gav. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I think just the amount of bodies. I mean, who, please tell me, who, who's playing at the back? I've seen Milner might be coming in there for being the back four, the back four, the back four, well, it'd be Alisson and goal. The back four looks like it will be either Milner or Nico Williams at right back. It'll be uh, Joe Matip, Fabinho and Robertson as your board actually. Okay, okay. And then in midfield, um, in midfield looks like um, it looks like Thiago could be back when Aldam is there, Kate is there, Curtis Jones is there, and if Milner doesn't play right back, he's an option as well. 
See, when you say it like that, it's like, oh, it doesn't sound that bad, actually. <laughs> 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 I just, <laughs> um, no, I, I think it could be in jeopardy, though. I mean, what's that now? Six wins on the bounce in all competitions for Leicester. They're flying yeah. at the minute. Um, Vardy, Barnes, Madison's coming on and doing bits when he does. Um, I do really like the, the look of Leicester. Um, and, yeah, I think, I, look, there's going to be goals. That's one thing for certain for me. I think there's going to be goals galore in this game. Um, and and it, I know it's hard. It's hard for me to say, Gav, because it, I have to think. Bloody hell, you're actually saying that Liverpool are going to lose a game, but um, especially at home. But yeah, I think it could be uh, could be the record up, and Leicester might nick it, mate. Okay, yeah, well, I'm absolutely fine with you saying that. Um, and don't worry, I'll text you in the middle of next week to come on next yeah. Friday. Like, don't be worried. Well, to, say, to say you're not coming back. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, a couple of people are informing me here. Nico Williams is actually injured. Uh, Tiago, they don't think I'd make the game. Well, Tiago, well, Klopp said Tiago and Fabinho are in a good place, so we don't really know. But if you take Tiago and Nico Williams out of it, I think you're looking at an eleven of Liverpool of Allison, Milner, Matip. Um, Milner, Matip, Fabinho, Robertson. Then you're probably looking at something like Wijnaldum, Keita, Jones, Mane, Firmino, Jota. I think that's probably an 11 that's decent. Shaqiri obviously is there as well. Liverpool have got small depth. There's no doubt about that. It's just when you see the names on the list that aren't there, it's like it's a little bit frightening. Um, Lee, Liverpool be Leicester. You know, Liverpool have a ridiculous home record. I think it's 63 or four games unbeaten at home um, in league football. It's it's astonishing record, to be honest with you. But they do go into this one. You know, I'm quite happy with the start Liverpool have made this season. You know, the Villa stuff, just you just go, yeah, whatever. That happens. They draw with Everton, should have won. And City was a fair result. They've won, they've won the rest of their games. Of course, they have played Chelsea, Arsenal, Everton, Man City now. They have played some really strong teams in their first eight. And they sit a point off the top. But when you look at this, is this one where it's just a case of both teams missing players who adapts best? Because I think it's I think it's genuinely going to be a cracking game of football. It's going to be a good watch. Two two teams that can adapt. I mean, Liverpool, like you said, the amount of injury, I think you've got the most injuries in the Premier League. I think I think City are close behind, but I think that's down to the fact that obviously the the whole COVID thing, I think that's down to the fact that the last three years, you've been relentless, man. Like, the way he's had them pressing is a joke. Yeah, and eventually it was going to catch up at some point. I mean, some of your injuries are innocuous, like, injuries. But I just think, like, I look at, I look at Klopp and I look at Liverpool and I just think, like, you, you've got the fear factor. You know that when you're going to Anfield, no matter what Liverpool team's going out on the pitch, it's Liverpool because he's brought that back to you now. You know, so although Leicester are going to go there and they've got Jamie Vardy, they've got, they've got quite, listen, Leicester's midfield, every single one of them gets in our team. Yeah, Vardy probably gets in our team. You know, I, although I love Aubameyang, I'd probably play them both. I'd <laughs> love Vardy. I'd love Vardy at Liverpool. Yeah, it's, it's, he's brilliant. I mean, but you look at their centre-backs, you know, we, we've got a young lad called Saliba. He can't even get a game. You know, Leicester have turned this young lad Fafana into one of the best centre-backs in the league this season. You know, and it's like, why can't our young guy get a game? They were partners at St Etienne. That's another thing. I'm not going to go off on again about Arteta, but I think Brendan Rodgers is going back there and obviously he was one Gerard slip, <laughs> bless him, away from winning a title. And I think a lot of people forget that. Like, he's a good, good manager, Brendan Rodgers, or coach, whatever you want to call him, but he's got a quality team. He's got him playing quality football. But the thing I like about Rodgers, when he came to the Emirates, 
we fully expected him to play tippy-tappy football. And he said, I'm just going to sit back. Our defence is better than yours. You're going to brick it and then we're just going to nick it. As soon as we brought Mustafi on, he was like, <laughs> lovely jubbly, let's get Vardy on the pitch. And it worked perfect. He's a smart manager. I think, see, Liverpool's defence, you, know, you just read out a potential backline, Matip. Um, Fabinho, Robertson, Fabinho, and possibly Milner. Milner, possibly, what, right back? Yeah. And then Robertson, left back. For me, he was the best left back in the world, by the way. Um, that's still a good back line. If we're being honest, I mean, Matip's a bit iffy at time, times, but Fabino slotted in there a few times over the last year or so. I'm going to sit on the fence and get splinters. I think it's going to be one all. Okay. Uh, I, th- I think it's very easy to go. Uh, like I slagged Joe earlier for sitting on the fence, but I'm actually, I'm okay with you doing it um, because <laughs> I, I think it's a harder game to call. Um, and I let Joe away, but less than I let other people away with, to be honest. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Um, P, we, we've mentioned that the injuries, you know, you, you've talked about uh, Castagne, you've talked about um, Pereira, uh, yeah. Uh, what's his name? Johnny Evans has been missing a little bit. Soyuncu has been missing. And Didi, you, you mentioned, you re- reeled off these names earlier and I went, whoa, Jesus. And like Liverpool have a bad, so have Leicester. And I think, you know, listen, there's people watching this show now and they know what I've said about uh, Brendan Rodgers at the end of last season. For anybody that doesn't, um, I told him, I said he was a disgrace. I said Leicester second half of the season was a disgrace and he should probably um, consider his position at Leicester City Football Club because of 23 points from 19 games. And I don't think I was wrong for saying that. I'm not backing down from that. But the credit I will give him is, is that it, the context of which he's had to play out this season, they've looked a bit tighter at the back, bare West Ham at home, I think, when they were poor. But, but he's kind of not not manufactured this situation but he's, he's been dropped in this situation and he seemed to have d- adapted very well which for me is not a massive trait of Rodgers when you look at when you look at the start of the season Pete you have to be A delighted and B you know there's, there's Leicester fans in this chat and it's great to see them there and they're saying you know there's a lot of players that are back in training you know so if Leicester can get through the next three, four, five games and get everyone back and, and they're still in a decent position you're in a you're in a really good spot for the rest of the season now we did say that at the Christmas last year and it fell apart but would you learn from that as well P would you have learned from what happened last season and take that on board yeah I, I think they're playing a different um, playing different formation different style of football they've got a stronger all round squad and when you bring back a certain player it's great news when you bring back two players it's, it's great who can add to the first team squad when you're bringing back Pereira Soyuncu Castagna Wilfred Ndidi there's four first-team players, and there's four first-team players for most sides in the Premier League. And that's going to be something really to look forward to over the next, say, four to six weeks, um, possibly even Castagna this weekend. What Leicester have done so far this season, you can easily mirror it to last season. But I, at the end of last season, it all went horribly wrong. We won that last game when there were fans in the stadium, when we beat Aston Villa at home. And that kind of was, there was like a relief in the stadium because it was like, We've been on a bad run, but we've turned over Aston Villa at home, feel-good factor, and then, of course, bang, no football for a long time. And we came back and it was horrible. I thought Leicester would cope very well with no crowds in the stadium. I thought 
the um just the, the style of, of football would actually suit kind of a, a COVID era. It, it didn't at all. There were mistakes made on the field. There were mistakes made off the field. Um, it wasn't quite panic stations. There was a few, I put down question, questionable decisions uh, in various games. Many Leicester fans will highlight an away game, uh, second last game of the season away at Bournemouth. There was a few really iffy substitutions yeah. there. And But overall, even though what happened in 2016, there are still a certain amount of players there who are, are in the side still. This is a side who have never really been in that position and you'd expect them to learn from it. So the fact that they collapsed, which they did at the end of last season, yes, was a, a real sore point. But you go again and they've started just like last season. Um, they've changed their formation they're playing the 3-4-3, which most sides are playing now in the Premier League. It suited them down to the ground because of the problems at the back. And it's meant that players such as Christian Fuchs have come into the side. He can no longer play as a fullback now. So he's been playing on the left side of a back three. It's really suited him. Wesley Fofana's come in. And I said on for Fox 8 podcast that he's the biggest gamble in Leicester's history in terms of the transfer market. I, I still stand by that because you're signing the guy who's paid 25 league games for St Etienne and you're paying £32 million for him. That's not something that Leicester do. He's come into the side and he's been absolutely sensational. He's calm. He's, he, he's brave. He's, I think, the best player on the side instantly. He's a, a player that Leicester have never signed before. We've never signed these sorts of players we've developed players yeah. and we've signed uh, I said when we signed Yuri Tillemans on a permanent deal that was the best signing we've ever made because he was playing at a certain level that we've never been able to sign before this guy is absolutely mustard and I'm honestly people will turn around and go well, really is he? honestly he's a centre half how good can a centre half you're breaking my heart man he's Stop. performed so well and <laughs> he really shows it to Danfield yeah, oh, honestly, you know, I, I'm I'm generally not going over the top, and people who people who know me know that I'm actually quite very level-headed and maybe even downbeat um, too much. I've never seen anything like this, and he's a centre. He's not even a centre forward. You sign a centre forward, he scores six goals in three games. You think he's the best player ever? Yeah. This is a centre half, and I'm generally think he's the best player in the side at the moment in a, in a very strange way because again he's a centre half he's not you know you Jamie Vardy who's the best player that's ever played for the club yeah it's it's um you know like when you say like how how good could he get like I, I'm, I've seen him a couple of times I've been really impressed by him what I would say is um Liverpool fans I speak to about him, um, rave about him, rave about him. They, I, I was talking to one guy last week and do you know what? It was early on the season, his name came up and I was like, who's this fella? Uh, Fafana. I didn't even know he signed him. And I watched him and really good. And then a couple of weeks later, we got, I, I was talking to a Liverpool fan, a mate of mine, and he just went, uh, this fella is just out, outrageous. And um, we've lost Pete off the field for a little minute. He'll be back in a second. Um, uh, super chat there from Michael Ramsey. He says, uh, no good coach will buy Ben Teke, Joe Allen or Lovren and etc. So Rogers is trash. Um, uh, Michael is mad. He's, he's, he's brilliant. Um, but in fairness to him, um, he makes a half decent point there, you know, on, on Ben Teke. And anyway, um, Joe Allen, mm, I see where you're coming from. 
Um, he had some good games with Liverpool and, and was a bit missing than others. But uh, Lovren is just, listen, you know, you either love him or you hate him. And Michael clearly hates him and that's absolutely fine. Uh, sorry, uh, Pete's just gone there. I'll get him back in a second anyway. Um, lads, I'm going to get predictions off you for this one before we finish up. Uh, Lee, I'm going to come to you first. Uh, Liverpool, Leicester, yeah? Yeah. I'm going to go... So I'm going draw. What did I say? Two two. Two two. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go two two. I think I said one one. But I'm gonna go two two. Okay, that's fine. Absolutely fine. Joe, what are you going for? Go hard or go home, mate. I'm going. Uh, I'm going Leicester three two, man. Ooh. Three two to Leicester. Pete will be delighted. <laughs> Pete will be absolutely delighted with that. Um, I think Pete is back there, but I think he might have frozen. So I'm just going to remove him out there a minute until he gets moving again. Um, this one is difficult for me. Um, I think it's going to be a cracking game of football. I think Liverpool's squad depth is shown in what they can put on the pitch with with Van Dijk missing, with Gomez missing, with Trent Alexander-Arnold missing, with Jordan Henderson missing, and with Mo Salah missing. Like they're five huge players for Liverpool. Um, you know, you still have Oxley Chamberlain out, out injured. Um, and and when you look at the, the players that are out, you go well. But then when you when you bring the, when you actually put that eleven in front, like Joe said earlier, it's actually not that bad, really. No. Uh, no. Leicester are missing. Leicester are missing um, some players, and I think somebody said to me the other day, nearly twenty percent of their goals this season have been penalties. So Liverpool need to be careful on that front. Um, I'm going to go. No, fuck you, Joe. I'm going three one Liverpool. Um, I'm not having that sort of messing on this channel. Um, not even from you. Uh, Kangaroo says three one to Liverpool. Uh, Tiro says six one to Liverpool. I think wow. he's messing. Uh, Georgie one foot. Uh, Leicester City fan. He says Leicester one or two nil. Um, geez, you'd be, I think if you're doing well, um, to, to stop Liverpool scoring. I'm being honest with you. Barry Devon. He says eight penalties in eight games for Leicester. Well, we didn't know that either. Gav, uh, do you think? Yeah. Um, do you think if Leicester win, it blows it wide open in this crazy season? Um. Possibly, but what I would say is, you know, you're 10 games in, it starts to take shape. I think, and we say it every year, Joe, you know, the Christmas period is crucial. I think it's absolutely magnified this season because of just the way way they're throwing games at players is just ridiculous. Like, I, I genuinely think that some of the clubs in Europe would actually just, would genuinely just turn around and, and ask to come out of the FA Cup if they could. I, I mean that. And mm. I, you know, I think, I, I think the Europa League will be sacrificed by Leicester. Um, I think the Europa League could be sacrificed by Spurs if, if at the turn of the year they're, they were in a, in a, in a real chase for top four or a title. Yeah. I think, you know, that, that something's going to have to give Joe because I, I, you, you hear people say they're, oh, they're professional athletes. You should be able to play two or three games a week. It's not like this isn't like the fucking 90s. This is so far beyond the, 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 the effort, the, the distance they're running, the, the commitment they're putting in. It's, it's madness. Like what, what footballers do nowadays. And listen, we struggle to watch fucking three games a week, right? Without our nerves going. So these kids have been asked to play. Them, being and, yeah, 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 yeah. I don't fancy sitting beside Lee for when I'm being honest with you. Um, but look, I'm going to I'm going to go with I'm going to go with three one to Liverpool just because Joe's upset me. Um, Pete, yeah, back there. Um, just give us your final prediction on uh, Liverpool v Leicester, please. Yeah, sorry about that. I think that was Brendan Rogers pulling the plug because I was going yeah. off in one of that. Yeah, he must be. He was plug. He was plugging in his tail brush. I think. Honestly, like I, I went maybe a bit over the top. I think it's going to be a very interesting game. I can see Leicester maybe having a lot of pace on the bench. 
Cengiz Under scored a couple of goals for Turkey in the international break. Very quick winger. I think Harvey Barnes will be on the bench. They'll play Madison and also Dennis Pratt alongside Vardy. Pratt can help out in midfield. Um, it's going to be a tremendously interesting game. I think Leicester are going to do what they didn't do at Arsenal and what they didn't do at Manchester City. I think they're actually going to go on the attack. I can see Leicester actually going for the game early and trying to get a foothold in the game uh, rather than sitting back as they did and to, to such good effect against Arsenal and Man City. Um, I think it's going to be a fabulous game. I think there's going to be a lot of goals and I can see, I can't see it being a draw. I think both sides are going to really go for it. Uh, truth be honest, I, I can see it being a Liverpool win and I can see Liverpool win, maybe outscoring Leicester, something like 2-1 maybe. But what I can see is Leicester scoring early and going and trying to catch Liverpool on the back foot early, which will surprise many people. But I think that's something that Brendan Rodgers has probably got up his sleeve because of the start of this season and also because the substitutions he's made, the tactical changes throughout games, it's all worked so far this season. He's made some decisions which have been questionable at the time and they've worked perfectly. And I think that will give him the confidence to change things around and really go for it. And again, try and catch out Liverpool. I think if you go toe-to-toe with them, it, it, you might have a chance with a weakened lineup. I think if Leicester sit back, that they will be caught out eventually. So... An exciting game. Look forward to seeing how Fafana takes on, uh, plays against some some you know world class opposition. Um, Yuri Tillemans is in the best form of his life, playing very well uh, for Belgium, as we know, obviously against England in the week. And and Vardy, well, we know who's going to score for Leicester because it's against one of the big six, isn't it? And um, he's just an absolute marvel. So I'm going to go for a two-one. Liverpool win, which I know sounds weird coming on to a, you know, a show like this and, and, and predicting that your side will lose, but that's generally what I think. But I think Leicester will will catch them early and go in front. Okay. Um, very, very fair and very honest there. Uh, we're going to finish up before we do. Um, Joe, tell me, all Leeds TV, hit us, what have you got for the weekend and where can people find you? Yeah, um, watch along, obviously, for uh, the game. It's going to be tough though, man. Arsenal, they've, they've They've got the content game on lock, haven't they? So we'll hardly get anyone watching us this weekend. <laughs> no, but check us out on All Leeds TV. Um, we'll be doing a watch long and obviously post-match and that. And if we do, if we do beat Arsenal, I'm going to ask Lee to come on my channel. So I think it'll even, be good. Even, even, if you, even if you don't beat us, I'll come on and do a little review with you, mate. Good, man, good. Because I think it'll I'll be good to fit it in around. <laughs> mate, my schedule's ridiculous. So I'll have to fit it in at some point, but I'll definitely come on 100%. There you go. You see, bringing communities together. Lee goes on yeah. and absolutely destroys Arsenal on Leeds TV. It'll be an absolute must watch. <laughs> Lee, um, your schedule is crazy. Uh, your channel is absolutely uh, flying. Where can we find you? Uh, well, Lee Gunner on YouTube tomorrow. Um, I actually have uh, a, a young lad uh, at the Grand Dam on Twitter, is that is, and uh, he's a Chelsea fan. He's doing a Newcastle Chelsea watch along on my channel. Okay. Um, then after that, I've got a Leeds United fan coming on at nine o'clock to do a, a preview. A guy called uh, Kaji. Kaji. Okay. Oh yeah, he's really Kaji. good. Okay. Yeah, he's coming. I've never spoke to him before, really but uh, people are putting me in touch with him. I'm doing. Yeah. Um, what am I doing? I'm doing a 5 p.m. show, a 9 p.m. I'm everywhere, mate. And then someday, watch along. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm kind of worried if I'm honest. And um, I, I never want us to lose. But if it means he gets sacked after the loss, 
<laughs> then I'll take it. Okay, no problem at all. Uh, P, uh, the best name podcast in the world, for fuck's sake. Um, where can people find you? Uh, you can find us at all the uh, relevant avenues that you listen to podcasts, but Fox 8 podcast. Um, and I've been very busy, actually, this weekend. Regarding the podcast, we always do a uh, – we always take a, a, a step back. I mentioned about the way that – I kind of feel about football and feel about Leicester. I'm not afraid to say that they're going to lose or maybe not yeah. overhype players. Scratch what I said against Fafana, but no. Um, I, what, so what we do is that we wait for everything to the dust to settle. And we have shows that go out on maybe either a Monday night or a Tuesday to yeah. kind of get a, a balanced feel of what's happened at the weekend and then looking forward to the Europa League and the Premier League. So uh, that'll be uh, coming out on Tuesday. Uh, but uh, I'm a I'm a broadcaster all weekends and um, football and horse racing, so I'll be very very busy. Uh, you know, trying to make a few quid, but also uh, you know, hopefully having a very successful and entertained weekend leading up to the big match Sunday evening. Thank Christ, it's not pay per view. What a mess that yeah. was. Absolutely, what a mess that was. Lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Just before I go, um, with regards to the LSE day trip, we're taking tomorrow off because, well, we want to. And Sunday, uh, Sunday we will be live an hour before kickoff, which your, build, your match build-up, Keith, will be looking after you for that. Um, there will be no post-match show because the Fatback 4 will be on Sunday night at 10 o'clock, so you'll get all your reaction there. Uh, the forum should be back with you on Monday, and from there on in, we'll let you know what's going on. Uh, we did speak to you last week about possible sponsors coming on the show. Um, we do have a couple lined up um, Manscaped is one of them which I'm really excited about for the simple reason the gear they have looks brilliant and secondly Grizz trying to explain to you how he keeps his um, nether regions neat and tidy is going to be <laughs> the best entertainment you have ever seen um, so that will be um, starting on Sunday night so um, manscaped.com if you go there and you type in the discount code LFCDT you will get 20% off and free shipping please 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 support our sponsors because when you support them they support us and that's how it works okay the second one is footballprizes.co.uk really good stuff uh, Joe put me in contact with these lads they basically raffle off um, memorabilia so the first prize out at the moment um, Liverpool related is a signed and framed um, Virgil van Dijk jersey it went live tonight at 7.30 there's only 99 tickets I think for this at £4.95 each and that finishes up next um, Friday evening at 7.30 and a live draw on their Facebook page at 8.30 to let people know who have won the raffle it's a really good idea some of the stuff they have is brilliant um, they, you can win trainers that can be customised there's stuff from all different clubs it's really I won this Gav but there this you go. is a, a, a Marcelo Bielsa signed medal I only ever entered once and then <laughs> I won that and then they contacted me and said can we sponsor I was like yeah yeah Sam it's yeah, rigged okay. it's rigged it's the inquiry is it was before man before honestly no but they're really good lads it's um, it's, fo- it's, it's uk. at footballprizes on Twitter um, football.prizes I think on Instagram but and on Facebook as well footballprizes if you go in there you'll see all the stuff they have you'll see all the draws they have I know the Liverpool one is Virgil van Dijk I think there was a Rooney one earlier on today yeah, there was a signed Sancho yeah. jersey there's Leeds mm. stuff Chelsea 
stuff, Arsenal stuff, the stuff for nearly every club. And then they have like mad ones thrown in, like, um, win Adidas trainers, but get them customized the way you want them and stuff. Um, I know the Virgil van Dijk one is £4.95 to enter, um, to buy a ticket for the raffle. And there's only 99 tickets being sold. So it's a really good idea. It's another sponsor that is going to, we're going to mention throughout the week on our social media, but on our midweek fix show, we'll, um, we give them a big push and let you know what's going on there. Okay. Um, last thing, uh, super chat there from Michael Ramsey, my friend Michael. Um, I won't have a word said against him. Le- Lee, learn this Arsenal have only one good player in Martinelli, so it doesn't matter which they have. Um, he just likes Martinelli, he doesn't like the rest of your players. He's, he's preaching to the converted, mate. Yeah, yeah, I think um, he's wasted a few quid there trying to convert you. Um, what about but- Eddie, though? What about you, Ray Eddie, right? Bruv, he couldn't even get in Leeds United team. He's leading the line, line that the Yeti had in June. Do you know what I'm saying? It's it's a madness. Yeah. Do, you not, do you not rate him at all? <laughs> do you not rate him at all, Lee? Oh, absolutely really? bang average. Wow. Okay. okay. Right. Well, listen, I think that's about it. Um, lads, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, one hour and 25 minutes. Um, we go, what, what, we've gone over what a usual lot of time, but look, we're in charge. We can do what we like. Um, <laughs> P, it's been an absolute pleasure and we'll see you again soon. Cheers, mate. No worries. And uh, all the best for Sunday up until about quarter. Yeah, same to you, mate. Uh, Joe, it's been an absolute pleasure as usual. Um, enjoy your weekend. Cheers, buddy. Good stuff. And Lee, try to enjoy your weekend. Um, try to stop doing content at some stage. Um, a cup of tea and a biscuit at some stage, man. Just just get away from it all. It's worth it. And when you need me to sit with you to do an audio podcast for two hours about the trials and tribulations of Arsenal Football Club, I am there for you, brother. Therapy, therapy session. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and, no, honestly, it's been a pleasure coming on and meeting all you guys as well, having a football chat. Love it, and uh, yeah, um, yeah, I'll take her out. <laughs> he just he just he just can't leave it it's unbelievable uh, it's actually it's 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 actually been my favorite part of this week watching lee talk about arson and go i just want this fucker out of this club I just can't oh, you just can't get away from it it's amazing but look yeah but look that has been the friday forecast from the lsc day trippers it's been an absolute pleasure the people in the chat have been amazing there's been loads of great comments there's been loads of leicester fans arsenal fans leeds fans liverpool fans manchester united fans i've seen it there as well so it's been an absolute pleasure thanks a million we'll talk to you soon over and out all this week on NBC4, new products to new technology. Susan Hogan is showing you how local restaurants are changing the way we dine in and take out in this new world. Tonight at 6. A new twist on outdoor eating. A lot of it is creating flexibility. How one local restaurant is making their outdoor space mobile, giving you plenty of sunshine and social distance for a stress-free meal. It's all part of restaurant revitalization. Tonight at 6 on NBC4, working for you. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. Sports Social Podcast Network.